Beardy and the Beast, The Second Wall. This is placeholder intro song. Welcome to The Second Wall, a binge-free zone where we look at a series and discuss it in small chunks, similar to water cooler conversations of old. We can be found on most podcast and social media platforms, a full list of which can be found at beardyandthebeast.com. Today, Drew and I will be discussing the last two episodes of Even Ojigen. If you haven't watched it yet, please do. We will be here on your return. There will be spoilers around the show as a whole, and of course, the last two episodes. Devin, Drew, I'm unsatisfied. Um, they answered too many questions. Yep. As in, they they actually did a decent job of like wrapping up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. As in, I mean, if we go down the list, uh, childhood trauma for Misaki. Yep. That's what this entire thing was about. Yep. I'm really glad they tied that up. We'll talk about that. Um, we have... I would say 80% answered. Uh, the robots are getting personality traits and they are um, feeling something outside of the cafe. Yeah. Um, actually, I would give it 95, sorry. And then, of course, the last one, Nagi is a human. Uh, so, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, I, I agree with your, I agree <laughs> with you. Um, <clears throat> also, Masaki's mom's pretty badass. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing I was thinking with, um, with Nagi that would put it up in the air and I want to have this as headcanon, but I know it's likely not true. Um, is because clearly she was the one involved in an incident. So if that wasn't, you know, Masaki's mom, I would have said it's like, Oh, maybe this was, the mom of the girl who got injured in the incident. Mm. Um, so I'd like to think there's a little room for ambiguity, but there's not. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, part part of my problem with that, uh I don't think they should have answered that question. No. In fact, I think it would have been additive to leave that as a question. I don't mind is as much as sign theory is the best theory, mm. it's not the right theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's not the best, it just means it's not the most right. Yeah. Um, because, <laughs> like, the, the entire plot of the show and the savior of that particular cafe pretty much just comes down to like this old school robot. Yeah. Um, like protecting the emotions of. Yeah. Um, Masaki. Now I could, 
I could make a loose attempt at an argument of like, oh, it was protecting a human first law, but I, it's it doesn't have solid foundation. Yeah. Um, it just ignores it, it, too much. Yeah. I I think he tried to use it as the justification to be able to break to break commands, but that's, I mean, again, that's a very as I said before, it's a very Asimov thing make these rules play in such a way where you get these complex situations out of it. Um. Well, it was, I did think that resolution with the, the Android invader, mm -hmm. um, that resolution I was actually very satisfied with. Yes. Because if, if this cafe was a gray area that was, uh, breaking these laws, then that robot would not have called out another robot for not having the ring. Yeah. So that's that's why that robot left. It's like, oh no, I I gotta leave. Like I failed my um task. Yeah. And that's why it was on hold at the end. The investigation on hold for that particular cafe. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I was very satisfied with that because. It's it was such a strong point, like it's it's almost like the entire series was built off of that encounter. Yes. Like that was the primary plot point they wanted at the end, and then some of it was filler and wi window dressing and some slice of life stuff. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think my you know what? I think my uh Oh no, go on. Um, so, like, I think most of the window dressing again, it was very good at, um, again, just exploring the concepts around this. Mm. Um, I will say, like, text that the interaction with text and the hostile android, um, in the cafe, I think that ending. That that aspect of the ending was very strong. Mm -hmm. It tied up the right loose points. It, it it gave that bit of indication that okay, no, the there is a bit of the personality outside. Um, without fully giving it away, but enough of that. It tied the conflict of the ethics com committee fairly well in a very in a good way it played with the themes of the rules of robotics and laws very well it's just they added so much more that didn't need to be there <laughs> well what i would i would have liked to see subtracted would have been the interaction at home between sammy and rico mm. um Leave that more to question. Yeah. It, and that was that was the big like that's one of the things I was dissatisfied with. Yeah. They stopped playing with the questions. Yeah. And started giving answers. Yeah. Uh, and I think you know what? I in retrospect I don't originally I was saying I was having a problem with the script. I don't think it's necessarily the script. I think it's 
the the Riku paradigm as our pseudo protagonist. Yeah. Yeah, because because like that was the big twist of that. It's like they clearly made made that Saki is the protagonist, but he hasn't been around to be the protagonist. Um, I think it goes back to um, the idea of Rukio is um, the valley again. Maybe that's where that satisfaction is, because I thought he was the protagonist throughout until the end, where it became very clear it wasn't. So he was just more... The vehicle with which we experienced the everything happening. Yeah, that's this thing. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him the bet be valley trope. Yeah, uh, he'd be closer to the neutral mask. Yeah, because um, he seems to experience confusion in the same manner that they were um, expressing confusion in the series. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. So I think, I think that you're right in the aspect that like he has the vehicle, but more in a neutral mask way. Yeah. Um, though it was like, I will say that it was a, it was a nice twist to get Masaki's story. And again, just, reframe the whole thing is like okay oh, he is the protagonist and it, it's something you didn't directly call but i mean you definitely nailed his character better than mm. i did well i mean like it it definitely there, there was something about the way that his character was structured that just screamed childhood trauma to me yeah uh, i didn't expect it to be to this degree but it makes the most sense yeah. So I think like his character construction is probably the most solid. Yeah. It was is interesting because I mean you and again they they still set up some of the the questions at the end there. It's kinda like, oh, is it gonna be Masaki that's like everyone was thinking Masaki was the one gonna be turning them in, <laughs> which I found interesting. Um I thought for a brief second they were going to give a use to um Rikyo's sister oh yeah because yeah i thought she was going to be a checkoff's gun yeah um which would have been nice but it didn't happen i was very confused when they showed the picture of the infiltrator unit at first because i'm like is that a character we've seen before (laughs) (laughs) um well they just they just showed his picture a bunch right yeah yeah. The, uh, I wonder though, just kind of like sidetracking for a moment here. Um, Nage must have uh, pulled out and analyzed the memories from that robot from episode four. Picture? Yeah, to get that picture and have it printed and put on the wall. Yeah. Which is questionable <laughs> from yeah. a like a morality standpoint. So if there there would be something 
terrible about like pulling into something that you're perceiving as previous being alive and then becoming dead. On the other hand, there is, of course, the argument that it would preserve like a beautiful memory from this creature. Which is what the creature was wanting, right? It's, but, it's what um, Ketoran was wanting just to have the name remembered because he couldn't even remember his own name. But yeah, I agree. I, th- I think they could have handled that differently um, if they were going to have if they were going to have that picture being framed on the wall, which in and of itself is a nice touch. It would have been I think it would have been happier with that if, say, it was the one thing that Ketoran had. Well, there's it's just like there was a morbid beauty to it, yeah. In this like goofy <laughs> picture, and that's like that's endearing to me because it's like the goofiest like child's drawing, but like yeah. <laughs> anyways, I, I liked the picture there, but yeah, the moral questions that come from the picture being there is <laughs> it's funny. There's moral questions, but there's emotional answers to those. Yeah, like it's a fun little paradigm just in that picture alone. Yeah. Uh. How do you feel about the uh, piano thing? Um, I liked that we... So, it's interesting because, again, it's kind of that not 100% certain how satisfied I am. Like, I kind of liked that we got an answer to it. And then, like, basically, I had to... The whole piano scene had me have to... Both of these episodes had me swap what I thought of Rukio and what I thought of um, Masaki. Mm. Because I kind of pictured Rukio being more open to the idea of the androids um, acting as humans overall. And then, you know, the reveal that basically he got overshadowed by a robot that played really well had me have to reframe. It's like, Oh, he's the one who actually has an issue with the androids. You combine that with Masaki clearly showing that you're right. Just the trauma, not that he didn't like it. He was the, well, he was the one with the attachment. Yeah. He was showing hatred to androids because he had attachment and thinking about it now, that makes sense mm-hmm. because the the hatred hatred and, and love are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. I, it's <laughs> like that's the unhealthy paradigm I use to get over <laughs> relationships. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's so that flipped it on its head. I. I think I think they left a lot of it vague because the idea comes like, okay, is it just because it's programmed well or did it actually kind of understand the music to get the emotion to, to overshadow? Um, I think with Sammy playing badly, I think that was done to show that it wasn't meant to show the programming they were just programmed to play well because in theory robot should have the memory to just be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, it was interesting. It was good to see him play. We kind of said that. I can't remember if we actually said it in the podcast. We said it when we were talking afterwards that yeah, the piano's probably going to come back somehow. <laughs> well, I'm wondering because um, wasn't wasn't the the piano riff he did wasn't it a bit jazzy? It was, yes. And I get there's I like I'm not the big biggest musical theorist, but there's something very raw and emotional and interpretive about jazz. Yeah. Like that would be probably the hardest for a robot to emulate. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you did something like even punk rock, like it's very, I mean, it's very structured. Mm. So like there was definite reason why they chose something jazzy like that because it would be difficult for a robot to emulate it mm. so it was the emotion in the attempt and satisfaction in trying yeah and the recognition that it wasn't played the most but there was something to it that carried an emotional weight yeah oh it's it's interesting like just because throughout that episode, we were getting things about, oh, robot artists and all this as well, which kind of just brought to mind um, the things that I've heard where, the, like, you know, we have AI composers. Mm -hmm. That all goes like, okay, let's, you know, let's emulate Mozart. Let's emulate Bach. And to a casual listener, it's, you wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. Um but to a musician, they're like, yeah, no, that wasn't written by someone real. Um, just because you can emulate the sound, but it takes a human composer to realize that it's not physically possible to make these movements on, on the instruments. Well, and there's also a, um, like cadence changes and stuff there like there's an emotional weight to it there's a journey yeah. to a good piece yeah uh and it i could imagine someone who is very familiar with music would be able to hear it quite easily yeah. like the um the emulation i guess you could say yeah yeah that, that that's exactly what i saw because it's like they took a string quartet to try to play and they're like no this can't be played <laughs> mm -hmm. right yeah sure you can play it on your midi or synth it can be played from the midis or whatever but not from the actual string quartet uh, which is interesting and like that that's kind of a, a hint of what i got with that when they were talking about the robot artists and such but at least it continues to raise the question of are these are they programmed to be artistic or are they starting to show artistry mm -hmm. uh, and at least they left that ambiguous still it's weird the like the structure when it came to the ethics community and like all the robot racism mm -hmm. like sure the ethics community could be there but again the structure because there's no backstory and like we don't understand i still kind of maintain that a lot of it was like poorly constructed and world building 
I think I think they messed up with the larger introduction of the ethics committee. I think so, yeah. I, I think they could have actually made a small change that would have fit the world building better. Mm. So they specifically said that the ethics committee existed before the incident. And they they were extremist. Mm-hmm. I think if they had not included that part and just had just explained the ethics committee as having come about because of the incident, mm. all of a sudden a lot of these things would have made more sense. The the media blitz we were seeing would have made more sense because we've had we had a, a child get hurt. Well, it's the thing, like, we we would see that, uh, and this is, like, the near future in Japan, probably. Um, <laughs> like, we can even see that now. Like, um, obviously, this story in, in the realm of the universe for the child getting hurt is true. Um, but even if it wasn't true, even in now nowadays age, the way that would carry across social media would drive a lot of hatred. Yeah. Like... Just the way things get amplified and magnified. So I think that is a, a structural change, even if they kind of like had something in the background that kind of explained it from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to be careful with doing that, though, because I think they introduced it like they introduced it at the last second, mm-hmm. but they couldn't have introduced it at the beginning either because I think it would have poisoned the well and all, all of a sudden the, the whole the whole framing of the series would have changed if that was introduced too early well it's just how it's introduced yeah. so if they were to just explain like that there was uh, an incident that created the ethics committee and um like, do you really, like, people don't trust robots because of said incident? Like, no no descriptors. Yeah. And then have the real reveal be what the incident was in the same way they did. Yeah. But it would have, it would have just been structured better in, like, the framing of world building. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, again, it's one of those tough things. Like, I agree that, like, I mean, one of the first things I said was, I didn't like how they were doing the advertising. Um, I think, yeah, they needed to make that advertising a little bit more subtle than it was. Uh, at the beginning, like I didn't mind it later on in the show when it was just like a marquee while they were walking down the street. See, that was perfect. Yeah. That is how they should have introduced that type of messaging because then it wouldn't have felt as heavy handed and we wouldn't have been as going as, but what are you doing with the world? Mm -hmm. Right. So either explain again, I don't like the idea of explaining the ethics committee too early because again, I just, I think it just would have changed how you're viewing the show. I just think have those subtle advertisings instead throughout would have, 
also cleared up the world building. Well, part of my issue is like the name of the ethics committee and the framing around them are kind of antithetical. Mm. So kind of expressing the ethics committee as just being like kind of this group that doesn't like robots for some vague reason. Yeah. No, I actually have it about the ethics. Like, yeah. and like that would have been an interesting too, right? Like if the investigations of the cafes for the ethics committee wasn't necessarily to bring them down because they're violating these these laws, but actually looking at the ethical treatment of these essentially living these beings that are starting to get their own ghosts <laughs> could have been an interesting way to do that. But then we start moving a lot more into again things like um like Blade Runner or um or Ghost in the Shell or Armitage, right? Where mm -hmm. where that's what those shows are designed to explore a bit more. Um Yeah, it's there's something about they didn't handle the hatred of the robots quite well enough. They could have done things subtly throughout more. Um I felt yeah, the first episode had that, and then kind of like the second to last episode where the, you just had the no robots signs everywhere. It's like that's that's what we really should have had throughout instead. The I'll tell you one thing: the the way that they had had they not used Masaki as the way to end it and kind of conclude things here, mm -hmm. I would have been. Like super thumbs down, unsub, you know, <laughs> leave bad comment, cancel on tweeters. Um, cause what's the what's the what's the best way to say it? It was structured in a way that something has to happen, so it couldn't be a slice of life in where nothing happens. Yeah, they're definitely pushing towards something, and. Having Riku be the focal point of it just didn't make sense unless they had started structuring it in the way that we suggested it um, earlier, where like the different people in the cafe are more like learning situations or expressions of Riku coming to grips with what is a human, what is a robot. Yeah. Um, so it could only be that way, and the only way that they could get could get out of that is if um, the Misaki plot line came in to save the day. Yeah, um, and it's it's really the only only thing that I'm like a hundred percent satisfied with when it comes oh, yeah. to the series. Yeah, a hundred percent satisfied with that. Um, yeah, the only other, the only way that you could have had it if Rico was the ended up being the focal point in there is that it would have had to been his sister acting as a Chekhov's gun. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it becomes a conflict between him and his sister and makes her not useless. <laughs> well, it was, it was 
It was her and it was mystery girl. Yeah. Mystery girl at school. I mean, we are, we are kind of at a disadvantage because apparently they took the six episodes and combined them into one movie with some extra context. Yeah. But I feel, I almost feel like some of that um, context would take away from, uh, Masaki storyline that yeah obviously not knowing what the extra content was it was actually something I was going to bring up it's like I knew that there was a movie version of this and the the series version well I mean when and, when it's six 15 minute episodes you're like oh, okay yeah well I mean we know other series that have done that too I mean we, we've both talked about Macross Plus where there's like 12 different versions of it <laughs> And I've seen them all. So have I. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a question that was kind of in my head, and I didn't really want to bring it up until the, the f- final episode. I'm trying to figure out how this would be structured as a film. Because it's... Like, the way I look at it, and the way I look at Slice of Life in general, is their vignettes. Mm-hmm. Which is really what we got throughout most of them, right? And how do you change that into a cohesive storyline for a movie? And as you said, if they need to throw extra scenes in, which is probably why there is extra scenes there. Yeah, I I see that. There's, I can't imagine a way that you have these extra scenes in there that doesn't take away from it as a whole i could only see the addition of scenes inhibiting it yeah in fact there's like scenes i think should just be taken away yeah (laughs) to make it more structured maybe they did maybe they did uh yeah unfortunately i wouldn't say that from watching the show I'm super interested in like tracking it down and watching like the film. I th- I feel like I got what I was supposed to get from it. Yes, I agree. I, I can't see anything like, yeah, I can't see anything that's going to be at it mm. by, by having it as a film. Um, whereas like, said we've all we've both watched the 17 different versions of macross plus like there was value in each of the different versions uh that's one that's where related to just action yeah (laughs) (laughs) imo bt dub they'll say it's got some of the best music out there Voices oh. top tier. Yeah, share it, Apple. <laughs> yeah, love me. I, uh, I, uh, yeah. On my my discman, I had it. When I got an MP3 discman, I had share it, Apple. When I got a mini disc player, share it, Apple. When yep. I got a iPod Nano. Share it, Apple. Share it, Apple. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like... 
I mean, looking at the piece as a whole, I was satisfied with it. Like, again, it was raising the right questions. It was sparking good conversation between us. We were clearly seeing different aspects of it. Yeah, it's just something that, yeah, it's the losing the ambiguity at the end. It, it was literally the one thing I think we both said we would, could take away from it. Well, that's the thing, like, that was... I'm not saying, like, it was a masterpiece in the way that they did it. Yeah. But that was the strength of the show. And the fact that they're like, oh, you know, you know, we're going to just like tie a little bow on these. We we kind of talk about this, like how interested do you get in the world itself mm -hmm. uh, outside of these characters? And because of those little bows and those little wrap ups and bookends, I'm less interested in the world and the universe they created. Yeah. Like I'm not well falling asleep. I'm not going to think like. What would I do if I happened upon a cafe like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's... I agree. I think... The questions that were raised, the parts of the, the series that I wanted to... That would have me thinking... Are... Is what we've discussed. But I don't think there's... Yeah, there's not more to it. And, and as you said, they wrapped it up too much. You know, I'm not questioning about Nagi anymore, which could have actually been left there to have me wonder about the world a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess it's, I mean, it's got to be a difficult thing from storytelling. I don't know. Maybe it's something to ask Ashley at some point. <laughs> the, mm. the idea of knowing you have a, a story, knowing you have a vision and, how as a as a writer or creator do you decide what to answer what not to answer well it's i think yeah. a lot of it's about um staying on theme and then understanding the purpose yeah um so the i guess the the kind of pseudo purpose that they had throughout this was um pretty pretty generic asimov like what is human and what is robot, et cetera. Yeah. When they started asking questions or answering um, the questions that they had been asking and taking away that amb ambiguity, it started taking away from like the purpose of the series itself. Yeah. And that's that's probably my main dissatisfaction. Yeah. Like I I would uh, I would have loved to open this up and have like a ten minute argument about uh, best theory, but <laughs> that's that's an interesting thing because like I I think it needed to be there with Masaki and I'm very glad that he kept the danger present so we could kind of have try to have that bit of conversation with Tex. Mm -hmm. Um 
which by the way is THX, which I really appreciate. <laughs> um, it, it would have been interesting, like if, if he'd left earlier and not being able to get that little bit of closure, wonder how that would have been. Mm. And, or now knowing the hurt that is being caused, could Tex now be able to talk to him because of the danger, because of the harm that he, that Tex is causing Misaki because of, because can't talk like that. That would have been like that kind of top tier Asimov play on the rules. Well, and that's the thing like, And then if he, if they hadn't answered a bunch of those questions, had he not talked, then you would be like, well, it's obviously har harming Masaki that um, Tex is not talking, yet Tex still does not talk. Yeah. So it's like, is there an emotional connection there? Like, still allowing room for doubt? Yeah. Yeah, like... It's... Like, it ha had there not been a few scenes, I could make, like, a decent argument that um, the, ro the robot didn't feel that emotional connection. I mean, I don't have one to stand in, st like, I don't have leg to stand on when it comes to how the ending was presented as is. Yeah. But had they made it more ambiguous, I could say things like, the robot knows that if the cafe is taken away, it'll harm Masaki because Masaki is kind of a loner child who doesn't really have that many friends. And this is yeah. the only connection. So if it's taken away, it harms a child. Therefore, like being able to make those leaps. Yeah. But I mean, again, it doesn't stand up as presented. Yeah. Um, which I mean, is it is a shame. But the the satisfaction that I have having like an emotional fulfillment when it came to Misaki um, carries it enough. Yeah. Like enough that I could recommend this to people. Mm. But I wouldn't put it in a, like a top 10 Asimov light or must-see lists. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think... I think... For people familiar with the rules of robotics and such like that, the first four episodes in particular play with them really well. Um, and again, even when you take a look at the idea of them as short stories, they they work like that, even with a bit of a, as you said, the weaker script, as it were. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, yeah, the the ending just, lowers it down that little bit i definitely i definitely would recommend but yeah as you said it's not going to be on my must watch like carolyn tuesday was or you know fry gun or or you know early kenshin um yeah just yeah and so that's i think yeah that's a problem instead of being left with questions i'm less left with threads of dissatisfaction yeah 
And um, yeah, the we're, least, we're... yeah, to just restate for the nth time, <laughs> like the only satisfaction I got is from the Masaki storyline. Um, like I didn't care so much for like the Sammy storyline. The the old man was okay. I am glad that random dude with a book didn't turn out to be like the sleeper agent or whatever. Yeah, I was happy about that. Um, the the old man could have been. I think they could have done like some things a little bit interesting with that. I wasn't disappointed by it. Again, just the idea of maybe he's what they're basing these androids off of or, or mm. something like that instead of actually being the android could have been a an interesting take um i mean hard to do i uh, can't really think of a way you'd be able to do that while keeping the ambiguity in mm. um because i think his reveal like that that reveal aspect was the only one that didn't really have a lesson around it the closest you got would have been as like, oh, I'm saying it moved me, even though you know I'm an android. It's well, I mean, there was I'm kind of a back and forth with that. Yeah, because there was, um, for Riku and like the structure of him, he had a moment just like a few seconds beforehand that was like, it moved me. I think even though. He's an android. Yeah. Which then, then turned into like, it moved me even though I'm an android, which was a nice, yeah, it, was, it was a nice little play, but yeah, I agree with you fundamentally. Yeah. Yeah. They, like they didn't handle it badly. I think they could have just handled it again. Try to handle it in a way where you've got that ambiguity. Unless you were clearly needing to show how the ambiguity is wrong. Like they did with Koji and, and um, uh, Rennie. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it was important to know that they were both androids. It's not important to know any of the others are or not. <laughs> yeah. I said, I said, I guess if you're watching this, you probably watched it along with us or you're not doing the <laughs> second wall, right? <laughs> That's true. Um, we should, we, honestly, we should probably put a little instructional blurb at the beginning. in Rose. Yeah. <laughs> this episode we watched. Yeah. These episodes, or for this cast, we watched these episodes, you know, go watch yeah. them and then. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a good idea. I yeah. will remember that when I do the intros in post. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best time to do the intro after you've recorded. Yeah, I think. Yeah, just I don't really know what else to say. It's the yeah, the, we can't the, really look at it in as a general whole like we did with Carolyn Tuesday or, or Squid Game. Um, it's just because of how vignetted most of it was. They not going to repeat that for the umpteenth time. <laughs> moral, moral of the story: If you want to be super successful and get like a high-paid government job, just be a robot racist. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how it works normally? And just like, <laughs> just be 
a super dick to your son because your wife left you because you're probably a super dick to her too. Like, I am glad that we act. I am glad that we never actually learned what what it was that split them apart. I, I it was probably related to the incident. Probably. And I'm pretty sure the mom went like, no, robots are super cool. And the dad went, no, I, d- I don't like those robos. They're coming to steal our gerbs. I totally wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they yeah. are tech. I mean, <laughs> I, don't know, I was at the grocery store. Uh, yesterday and they had removed half the tills and replacing them with like self checkouts yeah and i think um don't trust robots especially with food and drink (laughs) i'm not convinced that the incident is what caused that well might have caused split but i don't think it's what caused his dislike for the robots Clearly, it's whatever Tex said to Masaki hurt him because he was he overheard it. So it's just like to be the kind of person to hear the like. I mean, her re- her reasons were valid too. Oh my god, I hate robots. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of reasons to hate robots. Hurting your feelings is not the biggest one. Hey, look, it's Texas' fault for breaking the rules. <laughs> he caused harm. <laughs> to my to my dainty my dainty robot racist emotions. Yes, <laughs> I mean the 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 dads, not mine. I'm not a robot racist. You're a robot racist. <laughs> Look, just because a robot hurt you real bad. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, again, overall, I think it's pretty good at being an Asimov light. Plays with it a bit. I think we read into it a little bit deeper because, again, kind that's, of a genre we're familiar with. And it's what, you know, it's what, what we, we do. do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it had that decent... Yeah, decent sci-fi premise. Ending was a little weak. But overall, I enjoyed. It was... pretty alright. Thanks for huddling around the second wall with us here tonight as we finish off our discussion with Eve Nochiken. Please feel free to join the Discord, comment, follow us on social media... Uh, full list of which can be found at beautyandthebeast.com we look forward to hearing from you and if you like what we do please give us a share